the Bellwether Friends, definitely not the first podcast featuring a discussion on pop culture and why we think you should like what we like. And you should trust us because we're librarians. Every couple of weeks, Anne and I will get together uh, with some non-alcoholic beverage for her and tonight tea for me and chat about a couple of pop culture topics, what we think and how we feel. We'll end the show with our current obsessions. Who are we? I'm Carolyn, a librarian living in Chicago who watches way too much TV. And I'm Anna, a librarian who was in Chicago this morning and is now in Western Massachusetts, who is very tired. Uh, yeah, weird. And we were actually awful because we were going to record, but instead we watched the last three episodes of Game of Thrones. Yep. The end. Uh, <laughs> we have a very special guest with us for this episode. This is our, our 21st episode? 22nd? 22nd episode. 22nd episode. We're on top of it. We know how Yay. many episodes. Yeah, so, uh, so um, Amy, I'm going to try to say your last name. <laughs> or, or I can say this is Amy. This is Amy from the internet. Amy is a librarian in Massachusetts as well, and also a contributor to um, panels, which is Book Riot's comics. Arm. Uh, arm, leg, appendage. Limb. <laughs> yes. Uh, so welcome, Amy. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me, guys. We're really excited. We like you. Uh, it's oh, thank you. I like you guys too. <laughs> even even if Carolyn can't say my last name. Well, she didn't actually try, so we don't know if she can or can't. It's true. It's it's Diggleman. It's easy. Oh, thank God! I actually would have said it wrong, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it occurs to me that we've never actually said anyone's last names. On yeah. the podcast, yeah, except for like celebrities. So then I didn't know if it would be like oh, maybe we just start that. Are you trying to say I'm not a celebrity, Carolyn? I mean, <laughs> movie stars. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I, I, my last name is part of my Twitter handle and everything. So this is true. This is I'm true. not especially covert about it. Yeah. The rest so I did. I did think it was like a, a dig. Diegelman. Well, that's actually that's the appropriate German pronunciation. <laughs> so I do not criticize people if they say it that way. Um, it's just over time, my family has lost that for whatever reason, gotcha. and we pronounce it Diegelman. All right. So it's really Amy Dig. Yes. Oh. Wow. I know. I, I know. Mind blowing. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man. All right. So this is what happens when you meet people from the internet. Right. We had this thing with Dolly, too. I learned how to pronounce her last name from Jeopardy. From Jeopardy. Thank you, Jeopardy. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> I didn't even know Dolly's name for, like, the first few months we were friends. That's what the internet is like. <laughs> That's true. I still sometimes forget people's real name. People call um, me so... Helga, and that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that brief period of confusion as well. <laughs> you look like a Helga. Well, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons I got the name. <laughs> exactly. So, Amy, um, tell us a little bit about, like, your librarianing and your uh, comicking. Um, so, librarianing. Um, I'm a youth service librarian. Technically, I'm a YA librarian, but I work in a very small library, so I do... A little bit of pretty much everything. Um, 
and I love it. I love almost everything about it. (laughs) (laughs) Since Uh, we just spent so much time going over your actual real name, we should probably not talk about the things you don't like. No, I did not intend to. Um, No, everybody has things about their jobs that they don't, that aren't their favorite. Absolutely. That's why it's called a job. Right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, it's nice. I like working in a small library. I like being able to do a little bit of everything. Um, And then my comics-ing is sort of, uh, I don't know, it's just always been a hobby, something I've loved and I got sort of back into a couple of years ago and uh, the internet has been a big help with that <laughs> and then uh, I started writing for panels. They put out a call for contributors a little while back and so I wrote a couple of pieces and put them in and they brought me on as a contributor, which was very exciting. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's been great. It's lovely. I'm, um, I have been kind of busy, so I haven't been able to write as much as I would like to. But uh, it's really great. They're a lovely. It's a lovely company. It's very community oriented within the website. So, um, we all one of the talk fa- one of my. Um favorite things that panels does is like the comics readers advisory Uh, (laughs) where uh they take something Mm -hmm. and then they suggest comics and the one that i shared today was for the the movie the craft nice (laughs) yes that one is awesome i was like oh this is perfect for me and everyone (laughs) else everyone should love the craft i just like that they do stuff like that Yeah, the thing that I really love about panels is it's very much, like, there are some other comic book websites out there that have good stuff on them, but they, a lot of the time, are sort of alienating if you're not, like, super deep into comics. Um, And panels, we work really hard. It's part of, um, it's always one of our big goals to be really accessible and appealing to people who maybe don't read a lot of comics or... Um, are just getting into comics or aren't at all into like superhero weekly type storylines yeah one of my favorite columns is the um the where do i start or start here i guess and but it you know it, it kind of gives people entry points which i think is awesome and it really speaks to that accessibility that they're trying to accomplish i really like that it's very very good yeah thanks yeah, cool. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I haven't written any of those, but I will thank you on behalf of him. <laughs> so um, we we decided to read a comic together, but before we, we talk about it, I just want to talk, I'd just like ask you really quickly, like, what are you reading right now? What's um, what's your favorite comic right now? Um, like, it's currently running? Yeah. Or even how you just yeah. recently picked up? Um... Hmm. You can say more than one thing. It's okay. Oh, yeah. Please do. <laughs> I will. Um, well, of course, uh, Lumberjanes. I finally just got Ooh. to read all of Great. I haven't been able, because I don't have like regular access to a comic book store, mm. um, I've only been able to pick up a couple of issues here and there. Um, so I finally got 
the full trade paperback and got to read all through that. And that was wonderful, of course. Um, but I also, some of my favorite things right now are Bitch Planet. Nice. Uh, which is absolutely amazing. Um, issue three made me cry. Oh. Yeah, just because it was so powerful and um, there's just a lot of really great stuff going on with that story. And it's it's really cool the way they're doing it and that I think they intend to keep doing it is they have like the main storyline that they're following. And so they do like two issues of that. And then every third issue is going to be like backstory of the oh. major characters. Nice. And which is really interesting and really cool. Um, so Bitch Planet. And then I also am really excited about... Uh, a Force, which the second issue just came out, I think, and it's part of uh, Marvel's semi-confusing <laughs> Secret Wars. Oh, I was reading about that today. Convergence yeah. crossover. Yeah, and um, we actually on panels, of course, we have some stuff up about Secret Wars and sort of demystifying some of that um but a force basically like the shortest version is basically that like all the worlds are sort of colliding and getting mixed together um and a force is a book that's going on right now that has like all the female not all of them but many of the female heroes so it's like she hulk and captain marvel and um Rogue and Kate Bishop and Miss America, who's like my favorite. I, I am not familiar my... with Miss America. <laughs> she has not had her own series, which is a crime. Um, but she's from the Young Avengers. Her name wow. is Chavez America. And she is uh, Latino and she's just a badass. Uh, does whatever she wants she like flies has super strength she can actually like uh, kick holes in like the walls between universes okay nice yeah she pretty much can do whatever she wants this sounds like a super awesome crossover yeah yeah so a force is really cool it's basically um i mean when you read it it makes a little bit more sense but basically they're all sort of in this uh, contained world together and She-Hulk is in charge uh, but it's all of course more nefarious than it seems <laughs> but it's really good I've only read the first issue but I was I was very pleased um, there were lots of concerns of what it was gonna mean when they announced it just because everybody's on the lookout for good female representation and writing right now oh, as they good. should be right <clears throat> but so it's really great um and the other thing i really like right now is gem and the hologram hey i'm for it sweet it's it's really good it's a lot of fun it's gorgeous I feel like the art is just beautiful um and it's it's just 
a lot of fun. It is and it's super fun. And it's actually really diverse, which is the nature of Gem and the Holograms. At least one of the characters is queer. Two of the girls are women of color. Um, Not everyone is super skinny. Yeah. So, Anna, did you have any questions for Amy before we got started on yeah, our... Yeah, so my other question was, um, I know you've been busy with your other project, so I wanted to give you a chance to talk about it, that you're running with uh, yes. Allie. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, our wonderful friend Allie and I um, have started Girl Gang. Um, it's a Tumblr right now, mainly. At jointhegirlgang.tumblr.com, and it's just sort of a uh, it's a feminist Tumblr, and we have a Twitter as well. It's also Join the Girl Gang, and we're really focused on sharing and promoting uh, feminist content that is that is positive and is uh, inclusive. We really are being very careful about having things that, you know, don't in any way put down other women as a way to promote certain women, which we both felt we were seeing a lot more than we really wanted and that is really productive. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, we're really excited. We've been going for about a month now. Um, when we started it... The first day, we sort of didn't really talk about expectations. It's very much <laughs> labor of love. So we didn't want to be worried about, like, how many followers or who looked at it or whatever. Um, and so I think the first day, we were probably sort of quietly hoping for, like, maybe 30 followers would have been wonderful. And by the end of the first day, I think we did actually hit 100 followers. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, it's still growing, and we're still very excited. This is good. And you guys put out a lot of – so I just have you in my feed reader, and mm -hmm. there are just a million um, posts, as far as I can tell, that I have <laughs> to get through. <laughs> well, um, yeah, we have – we post like there's about 12 posts a day except on Fridays when we do more um no Fridays <laughs> <laughs> well yeah because we're doing I don't give a Fridays right. nice alright um which are a lot of fun and very cathartic for us but of course you know doing 12 posts it doesn't mean like some of them are just like photo sets or yeah one photo and then some of them will be articles and I'm glad that you have lots of content this is good <laughs> yeah and are you guys gonna are you thinking about doing any original content um the only thing we've really done are some really small things we're doing a little bit um of what we call girl gang approved which has just been uh, just been us sort of endorsing a few things that we like and feel are very 
very girl gang. Girl gang is an adjective. (laughs) (laughs) As well as a noun. Um, At least it is for us. But yeah, we hope to keep doing more things, different things. It's kind of, um, we're just sort of seeing where it goes at this point. We have passed 200 followers, which was sort of our big, yeah, which was our big first landmark that we were looking for. So um, there's definitely going to be more to come. We're still working on it. We're very, we're very committed to being very deliberate and thoughtful about what we do with Girl Gang. So well, this is uh, like I the opposite of our okay. experience, <laughs> <laughs> where we were like, "Oh yeah, we should do that," and then we'll figure out how to do it, and then we'll just start doing it. And now we've been doing it for a while. <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> well, that works too. No, I'm just glad that you have, you're very serious. Yeah, well, mainly we, it's, it has, it's because a lot of, a lot of the stuff is born out of, you know, anger. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, with the patriarchy and misogyny and sexism. And so we want to be careful that, you know, in the, it's really easy in the heat of the moment or in the heat of anger to sort of lash out. Um, in ways that don't always support or consider all women. Yeah. Yeah. And we be very careful about that. And so it's part of the reason, I mean, Allie is so amazing and it's been, we've been able to have a really open partnership in terms of like everything goes into drafts before um, it's even in like the, line to go onto the website and every now and then one of us will post something and the other one will say you know hey I think that this might be a problem because it's like you know the language could be you know anti-trans or it doesn't really take into account you know this other significant issue and so it's been really good in that way yay collaboration yeah that's awesome Yes, we are. We are very proud of it. You should be. <laughs> Thank you. Well, let's yeah. let's segue into why the last man, shall we? That is perfect, actually. <laughs> right? <laughs> there are lots of girl gangs in Why the Last Man. <laughs> ah, sorry, I, my alarm is going off. <laughs> I'm supposed to go check the dehumidifier in the basement. Ah. <sighs> So, uh, yeah, just to recap, uh, we agreed we would read uh, Y, the letter Y, The Last Man by um, Brian K. Vaughn and illustrated by Pia Guerra. And um, we are all at varying uh, degrees of finishing. So I read the first two volumes. Out of ten. See, yes. Out of ten. And... Anna, you read... I read seven. Okay. Which is very impressive. Well, I read four of them in the last two hours, so... (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I have read four altogether, but it was quite a long time ago, so fresh in my mind are the first two volumes. Okay, Okay, good. So, um, just kind of very quickly, there's a... uh, well, there's an incident, right? 
yes. and all the men die. <laughs> Everything with the Y chromosome dies, not just yes. not like just yeah, human not just men, human men, but all the male uh, species. The male every except for our main character, whose name is Yorick, and his capuchin named Ampersand. <laughs> Yes, which I really I I, I like the uh, the capuchin sidekick that that was <laughs> it was an interesting touch. It was very good, um, and so uh, York goes off into the world to find out why he's the only man, and hijinks and adventure ensue. So um, I I really liked the first two volumes that I read. Um, so Brian K. Vaughn is also the author of Saga, which I love, love, love. Yes. Um, and I think this had kind of a lot of the same sort of um, the same kind of storytelling that really that draws you in immediately. It's very, even though this is set on Earth, there's still you know the sci-fi aspect. So, but that it's still totally relatable, um, just like Saga is. I. I yeah, I really liked it. I'm actually going to read the rest of it, despite having learned how it ends. <laughs> Sorry, you said no, you didn't care. <laughs> I don't care, but I'm still going to read it. Yeah, I still want to read it. It's still very good. Yeah, no, it's it's great. I love Brian K. Vaughan. Um, he is well-loved in the comics world for good reason. I also love Saga. He also... Uh, so Runaways, yep, which yep. is very I like good. Runaways. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. I was gonna say Anna that if you hadn't read that, you for sure would like it. I, I do. <laughs> See, I'm on top of it. Um, but no, it's great. He has a he has a very special way of like the things that happen on the page are very sort of down to earth and tend to be focused on like family and relationships, but at the same time. There's always a lot of uh, sort of like philosophy and politics mm-hmm. like woven throughout, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not easy to do. And he does it well. What interests me the most about well, science fiction in general and something like this is like taking of something that happens and then the, the repercussions of that as they sort of spread out over time and space. So you've got, like, later on, you've got, like, blockades of the interstate mm-hmm. by this group of radical women. And you've got, like, people shipping heroin to Australia. And because um, it, start, like, it started out as all the other drugs had run out and there was all this open land. So they just planted poppies in the middle of the U.S. And... Um, you know, just how what what would happen to society if there weren't any men left? You get this this radical faction called the Amazons that are bent on destroying everything that could potentially represent the patriarchy as they see it. So they're like burning sperm banks mm-hmm. and yes. cutting off their breasts and just killing people, which you know it's sort of disturbing <laughs> it was they, are, they are fairly extreme yes but you could also I, it was extreme and it was disturbing but you could also it wasn't that hard to make the leap yes exactly 
Yeah. Everything that happens, you're like, yeah, I could see that yeah. happening. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. It's part of why uh, his writing tends to be so great. I mean, it's really, it's really thought out. And so, he thinks about like a lot of different angles instead of just coming at the story from like one direction. What I what I do think is interesting is that, um, and I I kind of have no opinion about this one way or the other. But um, in this sort of world where there are no males except for the one, I mean it. It's interesting that it's still from his perspective, you know. Yeah, right. Um, he still remains core and central. Um, which I guess you could read a lot into it. At the same time, it makes sense from a writing perspective. You know, oh, there's only one man left in the world, but we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> we're just going to go over here and talk about all this other stuff that's going on. So um, one of the, you know, one of the things that I really liked was, uh, it, I mean, it's very much like a survivalist story also. And there's uh, early on, there's a scene where he comes across a town and it turns out that these are all, um, prisoners from a, a women's prison. Yeah, and, and I they, love that storyline. Yes, and they, you know, they've kind of um, been able to go back into a society that they are creating. Um, it, it was, it was very, very interesting and a really good, um, really good take on how women can kind of alter their storyline that way. Yeah, I love that storyline. I love I love when you sort of get that reveal um, yeah. that they all come from the prison. And my mom actually uh, used to be, for quite some time before she retired, was the deputy warden of a women's prison. Uh-huh. So it's really interesting to me, all those. And of course, now with um, Orange is the New Black being so popular, sort of the dynamics of of women in an isolated yes. environment where they primarily just have women to deal with is, is really interesting. And um, it was really interesting how he used that. Um, yeah. So I was so we we spent a bunch of time watching Game of Thrones last night, and <laughs> I was so, and I was reading Why the Last Man today and thinking that there's a, there's a kind of a similarity between them in that it's not pulling any punches on language or violence or terrible things happening to people mm-hmm. in either case, like. There are people that you might grow to like getting shot and killed and like guts and blood <laughs> and yeah, right. stuff on the page. And so I think that would be actually a, a, there's a sort, sort of kinship there with like a, there's there's not a lot that's concealed. And if that's not your speed... <laughs> then I wouldn't think it would be for you. And also, Yorick is the main character, but he's... And he's treated sympathetically a lot of the time, but 
mm-hmm. the same time, he does a lot of really boneheaded things. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true. What do you make of his um, ongoing desire to be with his girlfriend slash fiance who is in Australia? Ugh, I'm over it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like, at first, I really get it. But as more time seems to go on, it just seems... I mean, I guess I understand why it happens and it makes sense that it would happen but I definitely like he's not really he's not really really faithful right well not faithful but also I feel like there's something a lot bigger going on in the world you know like it it feels like his focus is not where it needs to be at all times (laughs) yeah well I think that's part of it I think that he he's not really going after Beth. He's like trying to like salvage some kind of normal life out of all this. Like somehow he thinks that if he can get to Beth, it'll all be okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then he doesn't have to think about like all of these other much more important things. Yeah. Like why isn't he, you know, donating sperm at every opportunity? (laughs) (laughs) Right. <laughs> Why isn't he letting them put him in a lab and do whatever they need to? So I have read past the point where she figured out why he didn't die. Um, spoiler alert. Monkey sh- <laughs> the answer. <laughs> and um, there's... Huh. Really? <laughs> yep. Because of his monkey. Okay. Because he had custody of the monkey at the time, I guess. And there's no there's no definitive explanation about why the plague happened or what the, co- what the cause of it was. And I feel like I'm okay with that. Okay. Um, but yeah. I don't know. Do you feel like, do you feel, I feel like there are two questions. One is why did this happen? And one is why, how did he survive? And right. I'm okay yes. not knowing why it happened, but I don't know if that if if you guys are. <laughs> well, I feel like it's hard to, and I mean, I guess not having read the reveal, but it seems like it would be difficult to explain why he survived without explaining, like, what happened. I'm, Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. How can you how can you describe the cure if you don't know what the disease is? Right. Um, for me, it feels like a mystery, and so that's you know it's like solving the mystery. So in a way, I think I would be kind of disappointed if it wasn't explained. I don't need it over explained, but <laughs> maybe some sort of you know. And I'm happy with just um, so for example, I finally read the stand and you know the the kind of impetus behind that is just a virus that the government Mm -hmm. was working on and there aren't really a lot of scientific medical details and that's fine you know but you kind of know the basic right driving force behind it well so there's a quote in the wikipedia article that where brian k vaughn says um 
I feel that there's a definitive explanation, but I like that people don't necessarily know what it is. In interviews, we always said that we would tell people exactly what caused the plague. The thing was, we never said when we were going to tell. We weren't going to tell you when we were telling you, I should say. We might have told you in issue number three. There might have been something in the background that only a couple people caught. It might have been Dr. Mann's father's very detailed scientific explanation. It might have been Alter's off-the-wall conspiracy theory. The real answer is somewhere in those 60 issues, but I prefer to let the reader decide which one they like rather than pushing it on them. Hmm. Hmm, indeed. I don't know how I feel about that level of uncertainty. That that actually makes me a little bit frustrated and annoyed. <laughs> I'm almost okay with that. That you're, you're like I think okay. I'm frustrated, but I'm also okay with it. <laughs> like artistically, I'm like that's awesome. Yeah, but just, as a reader, a, I'm like, like, come on, tell me what happened. Now I want to know. Come on. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. I'm not going to spoil the ending for everyone listening, but um, there are people that aren't happy with it. <laughs> so there's some controversy. There's over some the way controversy. That it ended. I wouldn't, you know, it's, it's sort of like a, it's not necessarily what you would call a happy ending. Uh-huh. And you know, there are always going to be people that aren't cool with that. <laughs> well, I think anytime something is really big and goes on for quite a while, like. People just have so much time to build up a certain. To be like it should end it this way. It should end this way. Yeah, exactly. There's always going to be sort of a controversy over how it ended. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. I do. I do want to read the last three ish, um, volumes that I have here and see how it plays out, so that I can either be outraged or satisfied <laughs> on my <laughs> own behalf. Well, yeah, because you just have a summary. You don't really know how it plays out. Correct. So, I will yeah. I will at some point. Context matters. 60 issues. That's a long time. Yeah, it is. And there were, so the film rights were optioned, but then they reverted back to Vaughn and, and Pia Guerra, so. Oh, okay. Interesting. How would you feel about seeing Heaven this made a movie? Heaven forbid they make a movie with that many with women. mostly women. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know what they. I don't think they could do it. They'd probably have to have some men play women just because CGI women. <laughs> so I mean, different than Saga, there aren't even any aliens, but there's a pretty good balance of like um, ethnicities, and um, mm-hmm. there's a little exploration of what sexuality might be like mm-hmm. <laughs> if there were only if there were only women. only women. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. I like that part. Um, yeah. I don't know what you think about Agent 355 the and the um, Culper ring that she's a part mm. of, which is part of this our government's service, or maybe not. I don't know. I'm a little bored with that. <laughs> so was there any more explanation about what that was? Um, a little, and there's like a splinter version Did they explain of it? that freaking amulet yes the amulet was something about the trojan war and that if it was ever taken from its homeland it would it would create a tragedy greater than the trojan war like 10 it would kill 10 times as many men as were killed in the trojan war anyway huh that's dealt with in like issue six or um volume six i should volume say not six, issue six yeah. 
But that's one of the theories about why it happened, which is the kind of the weakest theory. <laughs> Whatever. That was totally my like pet theory. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Just dude. Just because in the first few issues, it's like, it was it was definitely a thing. And yeah, or like ring that he bought somewhere. So they oh, yeah the they ring. deal with like, that maybe it's at magic. the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're in a position where he loses the ring and she has to trade the amulet to get the ring back. Spoiler. This is all spoilers, aho- ahoy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give we'll make a warning at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> um and see, and then then I start to feel like trying to do too much. You know, like at when at the beginning you try to introduce all of these different sorts of threads and then Different, you know, different people are going to pick up on different things and kind of grab onto them, and that will be the hook that gets them in. But then, some of them just kind of fall away. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, like it's, too many red herrings. Yeah, it's like it's the lost problem, right? You know, you introduce all of these questions that get people excited, and then you never answer any of them, and then people get pissed off. <laughs> it's true. So, but so let that be a lesson to all of you people comic, right, right in, engaging in long-running well, narratives i would be interested to know i haven't looked into it but a lot of times with things like this it'd be interesting to know how long they intended it to be right mm-hmm. um because comics like the thing about it from a creative standpoint is you may think it's going to be like a 10 issue run story but then it gets like crazy popular after the first couple of issues and the publisher may say, you know, keep do going you want to do 30 issues. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of the times the creators run with it because they won't. I mean, well, it's hard to why say no. You? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, unless you were really, really dead set on just that one story or. I'm sure there's always a million more parts of it that you as a creator have in your head that you are excited to have someone say, you know, we will pay you to do this. Right. And we want to hear more of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know that's um, sex criminals from Matt Fraction. They thought it was going to be a really short run. They thought it was too weird. <laughs> and off the wall that it just like wasn't going to go very far and then, and then everyone just, was like woo yeah it exploded and so they're still writing it yeah I think you know and I think that's different you know with you if the expectations of what you create are don't match you know if your expectations don't match the reception I think that's one thing but if you have a creative vision and you know it, it makes more sense to keep it a certain length then that's where I think people start to run into problems when they extend it and try to make it go yeah. beyond those limitations well I mean we see it all the time with like TV shows TV shows yeah exactly are not- amazing for the first four seasons and then they hit season 10 and it's like <laughs> they're just beating a dead Stop horse it. yeah well I feel like that's mostly a problem in American television where you know telenovelas or even British series some usually are like all right that's it and you're done 
Yeah. And it's good. It's complete. That's why we chose this in part is because it was done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if we, you know, we could tackle it all and we would not have to be like dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Anything could happen after this. Exactly. Exactly. So as a whole, I'd say it's a cool idea. And I like that there are so many women in it. And I like that the interesting, like, world building that. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I liked the the uh, the bit that I read, and I'm excited to keep reading it. So. Yeah, I really like it. I think um, I had thought of, I was thinking about that today, too, that Carolyn had mentioned about how even with all the men gone, this story is still about a man. Right. Yeah, I feel <laughs> um, a little bit uh, but, about that. But it does make sense in terms of, I mean, you could do it with a different character and telling a different story, but at least it's cool that because he's traveling and because he has to go these different places and is on a journey, you get to see all these different aspects of what has happened to the world. It's kind of entertaining. One community. Yeah, it's entertaining every time he's revealed, and and one of the like the, the women that don't know about him yet are like, "Oh shit!" Like, yeah. really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, thank you, Amy, for reading this with us. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and talking and- about it. Yeah, and talking about it. And we want to know if you have uh, read it and what you think. Um, if it sounds like something you'd be interested in reading. Uh, obviously, none of us are done. We will still keep reading. <laughs> so we can talk about it more later. Um, so, Amy, now is the part in our show when Wait. we talk about... Oh, I have more questions for oh, Amy. Gosh. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Belay that. Um, so I checked all of these out from the library... Me too. In order to read them for this show. And and you and I were going to have a conversation about graphic novels in libraries and how that's a really cool thing that libraries do. Um, so I just want to ask you, do you have graphic novels in your library? Do you divide them between kids and teens and adults? And do you get to order any? Um, so yes, yes, and yes. (laughs) Um, we have them. When I first came to my library three years ago, um, the YA section was the only place where they were like pulled out completely separate. Mm. And it's also the biggest collection. Um, there were just a few like like Garfield compendiums and children's and a few of the big name things in um, the adult collection. But now we actually have um, a designated graphic novel section in each area. So children's has one way still has it. And now we have the adult ones pulled out. Um, And I order all of the uh, young adult stuff. And I'm also kind of, the consultant, I guess, <laughs> for the other stuff. Um, my boss actually does a really great job. Uh, she buys the adult graphic novels and she is on top of it every now and then. I will recommend something to her 
and usually she has already ordered it or she orders it immediately. Um, and the same with the kids stuff. It's, and it's a lot of fun, especially right now since there's a lot of great, like all ages stuff. They're getting really popular and like youth stuff. Definitely is. Do you, so how do you distinguish when something is going to be adult versus teen? Mm-hmm. So pretty much all of our superhero stuff is in the teen area. We don't really uh, purchase it for adult at all. Um, so, you know, if it's Batman, if it's Superman, whatever, it goes into teen. And um, there are like some, we're not, we don't really have like, we don't really back order stuff. So some of the like classics that are super violent or super adult, you know, we just don't have. And usually one of the bigger libraries in our system will have them. So we don't feel too bad <laughs> about that. Um, but we really haven't had much problem. There's only been one or two that uh, I've either moved out of YA or that we've ended up with like volume one in YA and volume two right, 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 in adults right. um, because sometimes things shift that way and we usually try to catch them and move them into the most appropriate category. Um, yeah, really since we are a smaller library and we have smallish collections, it's not too hard to make those determinations because we're not buying like huge amounts of stuff. So if you, like, let's say you went to a new library and they didn't have, like, a separate white, or a separate graphic novel area or anything, and you were starting a teen collection, like, what are the few things that you would want to make sure were on the shelf? Um, wow, I'm just trying to think. I would probably right away by like the whole run of runaways yep which i mentioned before um from brian Kavan. uh it's just a really great story um it's finished even though they actually just started a new run that came out today i think the tenth day that we're recording this um and so like runaways maybe young avengers which is also a complete run, which is nice because kids will just plow through this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably just a lot of like current runs of things, you know, Lumberjanes, the current run of Batgirl is really youth friendly. Um, the first volume just came out, Batgirl of Burnside. Um, oh, I, wasn't trying, I wasn't trying to like... Put you on no, the spot. it's okay. I'm, I'm just like I'm mentally envisioning my graphic novel section <laughs> at work. Um, but yeah, Ms. Marvel, and then uh, just some great stuff like uh, Amulet, which skews a bit younger but is very yep, popular. Yep, yep. Uh, this one, Summer, which won the Calvary oh, I like Pop that one this year. Yeah, which was really impressive. Although it made me sad. <laughs> Well, sometimes the good ones make me I sad. Know, <laughs> I know. I <clears throat> know. Um, 
but yeah, some stuff like that. I would really, I like to have a mix of like superheroes and not superheroes. Mm-hmm. So in my like large larger public library, I, I I order the adult graphic novels, but I also and most of the superheroes are in our teen area as well. Yeah, but I have a big enough budget that I feel like I it's okay if I duplicate a little because I know there's some people that yeah. are gonna come over to my area and not go over to the teen area or vice right. versa. So I, I like I order Lumberjanes and I put it in the you know in the adult section. I have like one diary of a wimpy kid over there, <laughs> which sometimes <laughs> is the only copy in the building. Yeah. Um, and I feel like you know. We need to pay, the people that order adult graphic novels need to pay attention to all ages stuff in addition to, you know, boobs and uh, blood and gore and violence (laughs) and this stuff that gets put in adult for that reason, of which Why the Last Man is definitely one. Yes. Um, So I just want to talk a little bit about that because I think that not everyone realizes all the stuff that they can get at the public library and if you know if your library isn't carrying this stuff then maybe they should be maybe someone should be asking them to carry it yeah absolutely and people tend to have you know various misconceptions about graphic novels and things they either think oh those are for kids right and make that mistake and they buy things like lost girls and it ends up in a young adult section even though it is basically oh a my God. book about sex yes <laughs> um or they think that graphic novels are all you know boobs and blood and cuts and they all end up either not in the library at all or all in the adult section and are frowned upon and also, of course, there's the common misconception that they aren't really books and that reading them isn't really reading or is somehow lesser than reading prose, which is also Incorrect. completely ridiculous. <sighs> I spend a lot of time educating parents about that, whether they like it or not. <laughs> Excellent. So When they complain that their kid only wants to read graphic novels. Like, Great. Yes, I am. As the uh, as the lone academic librarian, um, I will say that I also got these from the library, um, and I got them from our library. And we have a huge and growing um, graphic novel section. So obviously, we don't divide our collection up by adult and youth. So we just have one big graphic novel section. But um, we do try to get. Um, all sorts from all different genres um, from the superhero stuff to the more literary stuff and it all goes out all the time and yeah. in terms of kind of breaking that um, that idea that you know they're not meant to be read or they're not meant to be read in the same way we have a, a one book one campus program and the last one we did was American Born Chinese. And so oh, awesome. we taught it, you know, in different subject areas and different classes. We had different um, programs in both uh, the school and in our public libraries in our district. So um, 
I I definitely agree that any library can support graphic novels and any library should have them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really interesting. And I actually think that in certain ways, graphic novels and comic books have more to sort through and to discuss and to Mm -hmm. understand than a prose book. And I actually, um, and of course I always forget his full name. I just think of him as Gene, um, who wrote American born Chinese. Oh yeah, uh, Jean Wen. Yuan Lang. Lang. Yep. Yes, I think so. Um, but I I saw him speak at Midwinter, uh, along with some other creators. And one of the things that was really interesting that he talked about was how graphic novels and comics sort of remove a lot of the barriers between people, and you can't hide things. Like you can't hide that a character is Chinese. And you can't keep the ideas from someone just because they can't read. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, those different kinds of things. And so I think they're definitely, I mean, obviously, I think that they're definitely a worthwhile art form in many ways. Yeah, I agree. That's, That's a really interesting point. Yes, I recommend hearing him speak at any point if you have the opportunity. He's... He's very down to earth, but also clearly a very intelligent guy. <laughs> He's also pretty cute. <laughs> Extra bonus. <laughs> All right, now now you can you can do your segue, Carolyn. Now we can. Okay, so now is the time to show when we talk about our obsessions. Uh, first, musical obsessions. So, Amy, what are you obsessing about musically right now? Um, so I am obsessing and I wrote it down and then I closed my notebook like an idiot. Um, but I am obsessing over the band Mr. Wives. Yes. Uh, which is one word and, uh, they are fantastic. Um, I've been listening to their song, Our Own House, like over and over again. Awesome. And then I'm also sort of on a... Uh, I saw a YouTube video a while back of a girl on like, God, I don't know. I don't even know what country. It was some country's version of America's Got Talent because they all have one now. (laughs) And it was this uh, girl who was probably in her early teens and she was singing uh, the Four Non Blondes song. I think it's called What's Up, but people think of it as What's Going On. Yep. Um, and so, first of all, her version of it is amazing, but it also got me listening to Four Non Blondes all week. Whoa. Because I... they're great, and that <laughs> song is amazing. We'll see if uh, Carolyn can track that down, or if yeah. you can provide us a link. Oh, to the... To the, the Euro the... Girl version or whatever. I am sure that I can. Somewhere. Okay. Cool. Anna? Okay, so uh, Surly Space and I went to see Spy with yes, Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it has soundtrack that's kind of um, Euro techno rap. Okay. <laughs> There's a really crazy nice. song in the middle that made me go straight to Hoopla. 
and 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 download it and so i'm gonna i'm gonna play a tiny bit see if it plays oh yeah there we go yeah anyway it's uh it's it's got people speak singing in german and crazy dancing around and anyway it's sort of stuck in my head so it's called dancing lasha tumbai I'll send you. A, I'll send. Sure. I'll, we'll type that in Google. I'll send you a link. It's fine. We'll find that. It's good. It's track number five on the soundtrack. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Thanks, Hoopla. Send me your check. I'm looking to see if it's on uh, Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. Um, it, it looks like it might be. All right. Um. So mine is. Uh, a song called Fool for Love. Uh, the band is uh, Lord Huron. And it's basically like when I hear it, I think about sitting on a porch outside at sunset, drinking lemonade. It's it's very much like a summer song. So that's my that's my current like Tom Petty. No. I was just <laughs> I was just doing a shout out to our first episode. <laughs> <laughs> it actually it doesn't sound like you didn't like need to shut me down <laughs> it's, it's it's a little more like kind of wilco-y kind of alt country a little right. bit not a lot um i like it that's good but not like tom <laughs> well i just meant summer song like tom I know, not I like know. i know fine 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 i know all right so and then amy what are you obsessing about non-musically um, non-musically, I am obsessing about video games, which Yay. I'm always obsessing about a little Sweet. bit. Um, but they just had the, uh, one of the big, like, press conference announcement show things, and so they released, like, a bunch of new trailers, uh, that were very exciting, several of them with female protagonists, which I always get pretty pumped about. Um, and the new uh, Mass Effect game, which Mass Effect is a well-loved trilogy mm -hmm. in the gaming world and one of my personal favorites. And uh, though that trilogy completed the story arc for those, um, they're releasing another one in the same uh, universe, I guess. But all we have known for quite some time is that there would be a game, and there was a trailer this time. <gasps> Very exciting. Dun, dun, dun. I was just looking at my sister's feed, and yes, she is mentioning it also. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but it's very exciting, and it, it looks like it's something that uh, people who didn't play the previous games will be able to get in on. Oh, that's good. Oh, cool. Without any trouble, and it will be a much bigger game than previously. They they build that company Bioware. They build very um, like uh, oh, I'm trying to think of the right word, but it's almost they're almost choose your own adventure type. Um, in the sense that the decisions you make, even down to just like the choices that you make in conversations with other characters can affect 
your relationships in the game and even like certain outcomes of the game. And they sort of pioneered like the the really best versions of that. And they also are a very inclusive company with lots of diversity. Hey, of, we like to hear that. Yeah. Like in terms of their workforce? That. Um I couldn't speak directly about their workforce, but actually within the games, like oh, okay, yeah. there are always romance options. Like um, it's, it's usually very team based. Like you're a character and there are lots of like team members that you sort of recruit and play with and you can like choose different ones to have relationships with. And some of the characters are gay. Some of them are bi. Um, and in their most recent game, Dragon Age Inquisition, they actually have um, a trans character. Oh. And it's, I mean, it's like an epic fantasy game, which is, you know, traditionally very bad about such things. Um, but they have a trans character and they even have like a scene where it's really beautifully explained and they like have gotten like feedback from certain gamers who have said, you know, I'm so glad this scene was in here and I got to ask all my stupid questions so that I never say those stupid things in front of an actual trans person. <laughs> um, nice. So, yeah, like, they're a really great company, and I'm just, I love them so much. That's why they have a lot of fan loyalty. And I'm so, so I'm clearly obsessing about them and their new video game that is going to come out sometime in 2016. Oh, next year, okay. Far too far from now. <laughs> All right. That sounds awesome. Very cool. Anna, what are you obsessing yeah. about? Well, I went to a bookstore yesterday with you, Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> you did. <laughs> and while I was there, so I picked up um, a copy of The Essential Dykes to Watch Out For. Because we talked uh -huh. about Fun Home last week. Uh -huh. And, you know, I have, I've read Dykes to Watch Out For on and off. And I read a, like a compilation when I went to grad school my friend lent it to me and that's how I learned about it in the first place and I think it was just about high time that I owned this <laughs> I have you know I bought it for the library and um, I just feel like I should have it in my house I should support the the artists that I want to so I I went to the bookstore in Chicago and I bought it off the shelf yeah so thanks for giving me that opportunity you're welcome to uh to do that and you know it's also funny and she said in her introduction that a lot of people have written to her and say said like this is the first time i encountered lesbians was by reading your comic strip wow and that's probably true of me like the first time i encountered all those like kinds of lesbians or maybe have ever encountered all those kinds of lesbians mm -hmm. has been in fiction so, um, thanks, Allison Bechdel. Yeah. No, that's very cool. Um, I got an Allison Bechdel book yesterday, too, at the bookstore with you. Um, I picked up Are You My Mother, and I started it. But I have not finished it. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm obsessing about um, Orange is the New Black, only because the third season was released last weekend, and I didn't get to watch any of it last weekend, so... <laughs> I started watching it this week, and I watched something like four episodes today alone. And um, I don't know if if you guys 
are familiar with the show, have watched any of it, are caught up. I think, Anna, you said you watched the first season, right? Yep. Okay. Um, Amy, have yeah, you watched I, any of it? Um, I have not. As Like I mentioned, my mom used to be the deputy warden of a women's prison, so I am wary of how I will react. I, I don't doubt it. Um, and in fact, a lot of the articles that I've been seeing, I haven't... Um, been reading anything just because I want to finish this series first but um, a lot of the articles that I'm seeing have headlines about basically this is you know a complete misrepresentation which at the same time it's fiction you know like okay yeah no I hear great things and I sort of in theory support it and think that it's probably really fantastic I just think that personally I would yeah yeah you might be a little too things that would bother me absolutely no absolutely I totally get it um yeah one of the things that I, I mean, there are, it, there is such great character development in this show and the secondary characters become primary characters. You know, it, it ostensibly is about this one woman, but very quickly she kind of becomes not the main character. And I would say um, that I think a lot of people are, are at this point actively disliking her character. I think most um, people, yeah. And and really just kind of wanting her to go away and let everyone else come to the forefront. Um, they're doing a lot of um, episodes on backstories of characters who are most like tertiary in the first uh, season. And so it's really, really interesting to see these people come forward and and see their stories and have them spend more time on the screen. So I, I think overall it does a really good job with some things. I think, yeah, it's absolutely a complete misrepresentation of a women's prison, but um, <laughs> the acting is amazing. Um, and there are some just really beautiful moments in the show. So um, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see the rest of the episodes. I think I only have like three left. <laughs> Nice. All right. All right. So yeah. Thanks for being with us, Amy. Yeah. Amy. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It Amy, was where a can lot of fun. where can people find you on the internet? Um, I am all over the internet. <laughs> um, people can find me at Amy Dig on most um, platforms. It's A M Y D I E G. Uh, that's where I am on Twitter and on Instagram and also on WordPress, uh, my rarely updated website. <laughs> um, and then they can also find me for Girl Gang on uh, Twitter at join the Girl Gang and join the Girl Gang .com. Awesome. And look for you um, at panels. Yes, and on panels panels.net or um on twitter we are hey panels hey panels yeah hey panels that's awesome all right well thank you for listening everybody thanks amy for being with us i'm carolyn you can find me all over the internet at paper squared p-a-p-e-r-s-q-u-a-r-e-d i'm anna you can find me online at helga grace h-e-l-g-a-g-r-a-c-e and I saw the lovely Julie Jurgens yesterday also and gave her a <laughs> hug. She is responsible for our in and out music and you can find her on Twitter at Hi Miss Julie. H I M I S S J U L I E. Alright. Alright.
Oh, oh that's God. nice. Cat. My cat just <laughs> leaped onto the desk. That that's that's fine. <laughs> Scared me. She also opened a bunch of things. <laughs> she seemed very helpful. Gordon. Mm. Oh. oh my. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> we could or could not edit that out later. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Oh my. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.